motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree gonna begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, begin to taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now fuck him. Fuck this. Because I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. That go for you and any other you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and Yo, what's good, fam? I'm your boy Trey Frazier. I got my brother Maestro Styles here with me today. Yo, what's good? What up? What up? What up? Uh, it's another episode of the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, shout out to everybody watching us now live on our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook page. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Barbershop SPOR2 and also uh, on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. What up? What up, fam? How you feeling? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good, man. Uh, another week. Uh, getting ready to get into this uh, into this talk, man. Uh, how how how's the week go? Uh, it's early, man. Just started, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, what I mean? I'm, I'm I'm good though. I'm sure you. I'm, I'm I ain't gonna. We ain't gonna waste no time, man. I sure you wanna uh, go ahead and eat up Carmelo real quick, man. Uh yeah yeah abs- absolutely absolutely yo Paul you ain't just hear what I said sir oh you are oh, crazy <laughs> <laughs> yo yo <laughs> you, I was like oh he must hey, hear me hey yo that yo that's wild that's wild I I, I got got pause pause right there nah um, uh nah for <laughs> sure uh congratulations to Carmelo Anthony um I don't clearly I don't care clearly as much as you do so uh but yeah shout Bro, out Carmelo to Carmelo, I mean, really? I mean, he don't. I mean, like Baltimore. I, you know, I, I'm from DC, bro. Like that's that, and, and obviously I'm grown. We ain't tripping off. We ain't beef. I ain't beefing with niggas from Baltimore. I'm just saying right. I grew up with that Baltimore stigma. So he's from there. Um, I really don't care about the Knicks. Yeah, like he's more tied to you than he is to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Just, I mean, just I, I just started. I just thought maybe from a fan perspective that that was you know one of the greatest scores ever no doubt about it but um I, if i was to sit here and, and and sit here and be like oh he i'm not saying he wasn't good mm-hmm. i'm just not i'm not tired he to wasn't it. he was yeah like he wasn't because like i hear you say all the time you know steph Curry's one of your favorite players kd's one of your favorite players carmelo wasn't that for you nor was he ever I don't know, maybe top five on your list. I don't know. No, I'm not. No, I'm not even. I'm just saying I'm not emotionally attached to Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Okay. All right. You know what I'm nah, I, I got you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I no, got you. No shade to his skill. Just he the way. No, nah, it's just. I guess it's just the way you kind of came out and was like, I don't, you know, really, 
you know, care much for him. That's what kind of yeah. It's not like he threw me off. Hall of Famer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But, I, but it would throw you off because you're a New York Knicks fan. It would throw you off. Yeah. Like well, I, yeah. Like I, he's nice. Ain't no doubt about him. Not he nice. He was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't have that attachment to Carmelo Anthony. So then nothing about his game. Like like mm-hmm. I, I'm not attached to it emotionally. Yeah. No, I feel you. No, I, yeah. I feel you on that. But um, but shout out to him. That that I hope that don't come off as. As shade, because Carmelo, like I said, Carmelo's a legend. Like, yeah, what? that's what I was hoping. I was yeah. hoping it didn't come off like that. Yeah. But congrats to the homie Carmelo. I just know you the... got more to say about it than I do. That's what I was. That's yeah, what I was yeah, 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 yeah. I, I definitely got something to say. And you know, while um, you know, while we wait for our guest, um, you know, to come on uh, to talk some Celtics, and uh, we'll see how interesting that conversation gets. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, and here she is right now, actually. So let's uh, let's let's kind of put the Carmelo homage on pause for a second here, uh, and let's uh, get to our guest here, and um, let's let's welcome uh, Gabby Hurlbut from the Boston Ball and Podcast, um, based out of Boston, obviously. Uh, Celtics fan, Red Sox, Patriots, you name it. Um, y'all go go follow her on her social media. You can follow her on Twitter. Instagram and the whole nine yards. So, um, Gabby, if you can hear me, welcome to the show. Um, thank you for coming on under such uh, excruciating circumstances with your team and all that. How 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 you doing? What's going on? I'm doing well. I really appreciate uh, you guys inviting me on. It's definitely always fun to interact with other sports fans and just do stuff like this. So, I'm definitely appreciative of uh, the invite. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, the Boston Balling Podcast. Tell us about it. How'd you get started? Yeah, so I started Boston Balling in December of 2020. Um, so it actually started because I, um, at the time, was working at ESPN, and um, there were a couple people who had asked me to be guests on their podcasts to just kind of talk about my experience, um, what got me started in the sports industry and basically offering advice to people who want to break into that. And when I was a guest on other podcasts, I was like, this actually sounds, you know, really fun. Like this seems like something that I would enjoy doing because I literally would be able to just sit and talk about something that I'm super passionate about all the time, which I do anyway, as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I was like, I think it'd be cool to start my own show and kind of be able to build my own brand Um, because, you know, working in the industry in certain aspects of it, you don't always get the opportunity to really build your own brand. Um, so then I kind of started to brainstorm, like, what's something that I could talk about, like, all day, every day, and not shut up about it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I came to the conclusion, like, I mean, Boston sports, obviously, because that's what I love. So then I started Boston Mauling in December of 2020. And it's been a lot of fun. I usually drop an episode once a week. Um, I bring a variety of different guests on the show that are in the Boston sports community, whether that be a rep- like reporters, former athletes, um, other podcast hosts, um, or just anybody who is really affiliated with and passionate about Boston sports like myself. So I've gotten to talk to a lot of different people, get different perspectives on different things. And I've just really been surprised in a good way how much the audience has really grown in the time that I've had the show. And I'm just really grateful for that. And just grateful to be able to, you know, constantly 
continue to grow my brand and my show and still talk Boston sports all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as you can see by my background here, um, I got, I got, I don't got a lot of love for the Boston teams. I mean, you could pick a team on this wall and I could already tell that you kind of, you know, growl at the teams that's behind yeah. me right here. But, <laughs> uh, but, um, but, but t- tell me this. So w- when did you um, personally first fall in love with sports? Like what was the moment for you that said, I'm a, I'm a sports fan? Yeah. So it actually, um, I grew up about 10 minutes from the UConn campus. And so my grandfather growing up always had season tickets to UConn basketball and football games. So when I was really, really little, I would be sitting in the living room on my dad's lap watching UConn basketball games. And then I watched both UConn men and women win national championships when I was younger, um, during the good old days of, of uh, UConn basketball and the Oriema and Calhoun days. And so many really fun players were going through UConn. And I remember, you know, as a little kid watching games, sometimes like my parents would make me go to bed at halftime of a game when it was, when it was, you know, late and I had school the next day or something. Mm-hmm. But I remember I would like hide at the top of the stairs, like sneak to the top of the stairs and try to listen to the TV while my parents were watching the second half of the game so that I mm-hmm. could still see, like hear what was going on in the game because mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to sleep without knowing. And then the next day when my parents would tell me whether they won or not, like I had to pretend like I didn't know. Um, and I <laughs> oh, had to snap. Make sure they, didn't, they didn't hear me. Um, but So that was really what drew me to sports originally. And I think the success that UConn had when I was younger made me realize just how fun being a sports fan can be. And then it kind of expanded from that. And my cousins are big Boston fans. And I was at their house when I was about four years old one time and they had a Red Sox game on and I was staring at it and I was super intrigued by it. And my cousins told me to be a Red Sox fan. And that stuck with me ever since then. My parents got me a Nomar Garcia Parra jersey. And then I kind of just became super attached to the Red Sox. And then it grew into um, the other Boston teams from there. So it's really just been since I was little. And just I remember watching games on my dad's lap for UConn basketball. And it just has grown tremendously since then. How arrogant are is the city with the championships in the last, what, 20 years because it seemed like every year or two y'all always winning something like like how arrogant how arrogant is it to just be a Boston fan knowing that you know Tom Brady gave y'all six the Red Sox gave y'all four and then you had the big three in Boston and then the Bruins got you one like how how does that feel like in 20 years y'all got 12 chips that's crazy It's really nice. And I think somebody from my generation, it's a little bit different because we've experienced so much success from Boston sports. Whereas like my parents' generation that grew up Boston fans saw a lot of failure within Boston sports at that time. So what what they saw really wasn't the winning. I mean, the Red Sox were freaking cursed for 86 years so that they didn't get the World Series championship from them. And then the Patriots, until the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era, really weren't that good either. So then they weren't used to really seeing the Patriots winning on a consistent basis either. And then obviously, you know, it's been a good amount of time since the Bruins and Celtics have won. But like, they're still competitive every year. And you kind of know when you're watching one of those teams. 
that they're most likely still going to be a playoff team. Um, so I think it's a lot different of an experience from my perspective because it was more we grew up with more success than the generation above us. I do think, you know, it's a really, really passionate fan base to be a part of and it's super fun and everybody loves the teams and like there's nothing like going to a game in Boston to watch a team. I mean, I went to like a Celtics playoff game this year when they played the Hawks mm. and there was just nothing like the environment at the TD garden. And like, there's just really nothing like it, like how the city of Boston will come together when there's a team that, you know, is close to winning a championship or you really, really think could win a championship that year. And it is the type of fan base where they'll say, you know, like, I'm not going to watch this team anymore if they're mm-hmm. not good, but then they still end up watching anyway because yeah, mm-hmm. we can't keep ourselves away from it. I get you. I get you. So you're having a fun time, I would imagine, right now as the uh, Boston Celtics are currently down 3-0 to the Miami Heat. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw my little uh, prediction out here. Y'all probably getting swept. How y'all? Fe- how you feeling about it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me personally and what I've noticed in the series is just um, a blatant lack of effort. From the team I think in game three what we saw that they put out there was just a completely unacceptable product I mean even just from like a fan perspective like obviously it's not about the fans but we do invest a lot of time into like the team and, and money watching the Boston yep and we love watching the Boston Celtics like think about people who have season tickets and are spending all that money to go watch the Celtics like almost on a nightly basis during their season mm-hmm. you know and it, it's just it's tough because for us to like be so invested in the team, the way that we are and have been through the ups and downs of this postseason so far with them, but we never lost faith in the team. Like, you know, going three down three, two to Philly, I was like, they were in the same situation last year. They went down three, two to Milwaukee and they came back and won the series. And, you know, they've, they can, they, you know, consistently, do have a good history against Philly as of late, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they beaten them a lot, both in the regular season and in the playoffs. So I was like, I can't count them out. Like they can win two in a row. Like they're capable of doing it. And so I think that the capable thing is what makes it worse for me yeah. because capability wise and roster wise, they should be able to beat Miami. They have Absolutely. the talent to be Absolutely. able to beat anybody. And just the way that they looked in game seven against Philly, I was like, if they play like this consistently, nobody's mm-hmm. beating them. Mm-hmm. Like this is a team that when they play at their best can truly be anybody in the league. And I really, really do believe that. And they sh- they've shown that multiple times this year and they've shown that that's what they're capable of. So when you play like that, you're going to set the bar at yep. that for the fans so then if you don't play that way, then people are like, well, like, why? What are you doing? So then they go into the first game against Miami, and we all thought they were going to carry that same momentum from mm-hmm. game seven against Philly into that series, and they just don't. So then it's just like, well, what what happened in, in, in that meantime? Like, was, like, is it a mental thing or what's going on? Because I was hoping that that game seven against Philly really woke them up to – we're not just going to coast through this. Like we have to play our best basketball. And I did say going into the series that it'll be a harder series than people think. I think Miami has just been, 
obviously tremendous in the playoffs. They have proven to me. And y'all played them last year. Yeah, I played them last yeah. year in the conference finals, and they yeah. were bucket away from actually beating y'all to get to the finals. So it kind of seems like this is sort of Jimmy Butler and the Heat's revenge against yeah. y'all. That's that's what it's feeling like right now. Never mind that they're the eight seed and they've kind of you know steamrolled through the number one seed and you know the Knicks, you know, in the last round, and now they're here against you guys and. I agree with you with the effort part. 14 points from your star in a game three in a must win, knowing that you lost two at home. That's yeah. that's criminal to me. That's like that. That's a no, no for me. And then Jalen Brown, who I thought has been the more consistent star in these playoffs, 12 points ain't going to cut it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like we look at the team and, you know, I was. What I also wanted to bring up was coaching. I think um, Spolstra is maybe arguably the best coach in basketball right now. And I knew going into the series that he was going to have that team ready and prepared. And with the Celtics having a first year head coach, I was like, he very easily could get out coached by somebody who's experienced and, you know, is used to this type of playoff environment, has taken his team pretty deep in the playoffs. And so he's been there, done this before. Um, you know, and so from that standpoint alone, I was a little nervous about it. I was like, the Celtics can't play down to Miami because all season they've played down to their competition. They lost games they shouldn't have lost against teams that they easily should have been able to beat. But then they'll go and they'll, you know, they they smoked Milwaukee on Christmas Day this year, who obviously was another one of the best teams in basketball. So mm -hmm. that to me is all mental. Um, but I do agree with you. I mean, Jimmy Butler personally when he was with the Bulls experienced the same thing in 2017 where his team was up 2-0 against the Celtics and then the Celtics came back and won four straight to mm. win that series mm. and so he's been in situations already where he's lost to the Celtics in the postseason and been disappointed and so I think for him personally this series means a lot to him because like you said he's like I don't want this to happen again like what happened last year and it's hard to you know not respect Jimmy Buckets and the player that he is because I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's a great leader for that team. And I think he's he he really made sure before game three that that team didn't take their foot off the gas because he he said, you know, I've been in this situation before I was up 2-0 against the Celtics and then they came back. Like just mm -hmm. because we're playing at home, like we can't forgot about that team. That was the uh I think Rondo was on the Bulls. I think yeah. Wade was on the old Dwayne Wade was on the Bulls that year. That yeah, was, was um the team, but yeah, that was the yeah. year that um Isaiah Thomas lost his sister in the yeah. accident, right? Yeah, yeah, which was super yeah. sad. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so it's there was a lot like there was a lot going into this series, or just because of last year and Miami to me right now is blatantly playing just like they want it more. And and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. And I think game three kind of sealed it for me when they showed up and they were like, just, it basically felt like they didn't show up. It felt like they weren't even really playing and they yeah. were just going through the motions. Like they soul ripped from them. Yeah. yeah what it, like, I mean, <laughs> the, the Tatum and Brown thing though is, incredibly disappointing to me because you look at those two guys as your two leaders like mm -hmm. you know in conversation for best duo in the nba and then they go and they disappear 
the way that they did in the postseason. And I do agree with you on Jalen for a lot of this playoffs. I was like, it seems like Jalen's more ready for this moment than Tatum. And he's the one who's not afraid to take the big shots and he's kind of making more of an impact. But now they both have been pretty radio silent in this series. Like that's a really bad look for them if they want to be in the conversation among the elite players in the league. Well, luckily enough, they're young. Um, well, I, uh, and more specifically, Jay, uh, Tatum is young. I think I think I, I agree with with everything y'all saying. I think uh, for the most part, uh, the you know, when I looked into the series, I thought that I had the Boston winning because I felt like the lights might have got would have gotten too bright for the role player, not necessarily Jimmy Butler, but the uh, Kayla Martins, the uh, Vincents, those guys. But it yep. seems like the role players of the Celtics um are kind of freezing up and i think like you guys said it's a matter of leadership um their leaders uh tatum brown and even uh al horford i'd say al horford is a leader on that team too i'm from a a leader from a leadership perspective not from a production perspective yeah and and that but but that's right where i'm going a production standpoint we don't look to al horford when we're looking for points we're looking for our stars and for our coach to get us in a position and our stars to make it happen um, and it seems like, uh, you know, when you got a young coach and young players, um, the, the lead, the role players are kind of following suit. And when they freeze up, the whole team frees up. And I think that's what happened game three specifically. And then when you look at Miami, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Butler ain't going fold. you know, uh, Spolstra ain't going fold. And then the role players are kind of just following the lead of that team. And that's what, that's what I think is going on. Yeah, it's it's definitely there seems to be some sort of chemistry issue. And I think that's been an issue all season and was never addressed. And the other thing is that the Celtics have been inconsistent all year. They have so many games where they've played sloppy basketball with too many turnovers um, and just getting in their own heads and kind of beating themselves. And that was something that they never really truly bit in the butt. And they just kind of kept going with the season and didn't really fix some of the problems that we saw early on. And I think that's coming back to bite them now because the Heat are, you know, just taking advantage of every single Celtics mistake. And they knew going into the series what those mistakes were. And I think they had the talent to be able to get away with it for a while. But now they're facing a team who's good at forcing turnovers. And for a team like the Celtics, who commit a lot of turnovers during the season anyway, that that's just not a good situation for them. Because you know that naturally you're going up against a team that forces a lot of turnovers, then your sloppy play is just going to be capitalized. Mm -hmm. So my whole issue was the fact that, you know, and this kind of goes back to coaching, is that Joe Missoula doesn't seem to be capable in a lot of situations of making the adjustments that he needs to make. Like even in game two of this series, they were doubling up Tatum for the entirety of the fourth quarter and Missoula had opportunities to make adjustments and he didn't. And so I do, obviously, you know, it's, it's hard to fully criticize the guy because he's a first year head coach. And I'm sure there's things that he still needs to learn, but at the same time, like you're the head coach, like you need to have the ability to rally and motivate your team. And I think there's a lack of motivation going on and maybe even a lack of respect for him among the players. Mm, you walk me right into it. I think that could be part of, um, you know, what's going on here too is obviously Ime Udoka, like 
you know, fumbled the bag in that situation was an absolute mess. But I think that the players seemed to respect him a lot more. And he had the ability to, during pressure situations in playoff games, make decisions that he needed to make and make the adjustments that he needed to make with this team, which allowed them to have the success that they had last year. Now, I wouldn't be a true podcaster if I didn't ask this question. Is there more to the Ime Udoka stuff that more, is there more to it than what the media has kind of, and what the Celtics have kind of put out there that you know of? Not directly. I do know that, you know, we've just seen quite a few different scenarios from different people releasing information about, you know, this is what happened. And I think certain media outlets tried to twist it a little bit into not exactly what was accurate. I do think most of what we've heard is what happened. And I think it was something that he didn't expect to get out um, is what, to my understanding, what happened. And it was something that he thought was going to just be kept within, you know, the small circle of people yeah, that were yeah. affected by it. Um, yeah. And then when it did come out, um, he, you know, there was like a big panic among the Celtics organization because it's a bad look on them that they had somebody like that in the organization. And there was just a lot of um, before it was released to the public, there was a lot of, to my understanding, um, just scattered info within the organization of them trying to figure out the best way to go about it. Because I think they almost wanted to try to just shove it under the rug, like maybe like let the guy go, but without letting people inside. Cause they should have just let him go. They should have just fired yeah. him. Yeah. That's what I said originally too. Yeah. When it came out, I think that the way that they handled it wasn't the best. I think they should have just fired him immediately at that time. Yeah. And it would have been a much better look on the organization. Absolutely. Um, than it was. So I think there, but, but they as an organization, seem to really want to try to figure out the best way to kind of make the situation seem not as severe as it was. And I think that's why it took a little while for it to get released to the public because there were so many people internally that were freaking out. Like, what are we as an organization going to do to try to fix this? And then once they realized there was no way that they could just like keep it from everybody, because what do they do? Fire the guy. And people are like, for what you can't, do that really so i think that they were scrambling to try to figure out is there a way that we can handle this that doesn't give people insight into what actually happened but then the media got a hold of too much information and then obviously it was just a downward spiral from there but i do think that you know when it comes to the organization obviously from a coaching standpoint they felt like he was a good fit, which at the time it seemed like he was in his. Yeah, you know, he was getting in them guys faces like that's what I I think the difference between him and Missoula is Missoula don't seem like he a dude. And I get Missoula's. I mean, God, I'm like six years older than Missoula at this yeah, point. So I, 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 I didn't realize he was that young. Like, I think Al Horford's older than him. Yeah, but 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 the difference is. He don't get in these dudes' faces. When you when you saw E-May on that sideline last year when them guys wasn't doing what they supposed to be doing, he was up in these dudes' faces like, yo, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Like immediately at a timeout, dude's walking off the floor. He's already in your face. Missoula doesn't do that. Missoula yeah, ain't true. built to do that. He's not built to do that. Let's be clear. This dude is this dude got whipped up by Jimmy Butler in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
this yeah. dude ain't there. He's not built Jimmy. It's, yeah. And this and this is and this this is my problem with what happened with Ime Udoka. So you thought you was gonna just bring young Joe Mazzula in here and and, and 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 expect him to coach a championship caliber team when he ain't never done it before? Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing too that I worried about was once the Ime situation happened and all of that just went down and everybody was like, This sucks, which it did. I was like, who are they gonna bring in here to be able to help this team? go past what they were last year, right? Which was obviously getting to the finals and coming up short against the Warriors. So I was like, can they bring in a coach right now that is going to be able to lead them to a championship now? Because that obviously is the next step. And that's what their goal was for this year. And who can they bring in realistically to be able to get them, you know, over that hump and finally get that championship that they've been looking for. And when they, when they brought Missoula in originally, obviously he was an interim head coach when they brought him in originally, originally. And I was like, okay, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like, we'll see how he does. The Celtics were off to a great start at the beginning of the season. So I think he gained some points on that because the Mm -hmm. team was just playing really, really well to start the season. Yeah. Um, And that's when they gave him the uh, title of head coach. I think at some point in the middle of the year after that. Yeah. It was in the middle of the season. And then they just named him the, just um the t- the permanent head coach as opposed to just interim and i thought it was a little premature to do that because i just thought it might have been too small of a sample size mm-hmm. to really be able to judge what he as a coach can do i think he almost got lucky in a way that the team was just playing as well as they were to start the season i think that was more a reflection of the players that are on the team than him as a right. coach and i think you know, how far, as far as they've gotten now, I do think is more on the players and the season they put together more so than his coaching. Um, uh, I'm going to disagree. Um, players, uh, I saw a bleach report saying that player, that, uh, a bleach report report, I guess, saying that, uh, reporting that players, are openly saying we have never gotten over how they have dealt with Ime Udoka and, mm-hmm. and feel like that's resulted in our play. I mean, the fact of the matter is that Ime Udoka should not have been let go, fired, whatever. They should have kept it in-house. Um, I hear that maybe uh, it got out. Um, I'm on the side of Stephen A. Smith that Boston personally put it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the yeah. side of that. Um, and 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 they're att- and. I, can, I I don't want to get messy because I don't see how you want to get messy about why I think they leaked it. So I won't go to conspiracy theory messiness. What I'll say is, is that I think that um, in lieu of what happened, they figured, ooh, let's just throw somebody in here who, who's going to, you know, quote unquote, meet, you know, just kind of go through the motions, essentially, because we got a championship caliber team. It kind of reminds me of Brooklyn bringing in Steve Nash. Let's just bring in somebody who don't really know what they're doing, but we are, we know he could just go through the motions as the season because we have a team that's good enough to win. But we forgot that coaches do have to eventually coach when it gets tight. And Joe mm-hmm. Musso, and, and what I've seen throughout the years is that they'll start high. Of course, they'll start hard. The players are playing for the team. They got us all hyped up. Uh, Boston, the Tatum, the team is playing good, of course. But then when they go through that funk, we don't know how to get them out that funk. Missoula ain't coaching them about that funk. Then they get to the playoffs, whatever. And I, I think it's a microcosm of lack of co- or, or inexperience of coaching because when when it gets here, they don't know how to get out of it. 
They don't know how to get out of the funk. Mm-hmm. And here they are in the 0-3 funk. And like I said, I don't think they got a shot tonight. And Maestro, that is crazy to say that because this team is in the conference finals fought like the Tatum right, era. Right. The Tatum era. And even when he was a young pup, first year, conference finals going up against LeBron, right? And then he gets there four more times. He gets to the finals last yeah, year. Right. So it's like, so it's like, regardless of the coach, like you should be knowing, like, yo, it's the conference finals, yo. We we gotta turn up. But here's the thing, Tatum's well, I was only saying 25. That, though, like that's kind of what I was saying though. Before. Okay. Like I was saying, like the way that the Celtics started the season and how good they were to start the season was more of a reflection on the players than something Missoula was doing well as a coach. Okay, I thought you were saying that you, you were re- kind of putting the year's success to the players. And, 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 and sure, that, that in some respects, that's true. But I think, I think that the goal ultimately was championship or bust. And here we are talking. Well, yeah, about, here, and here we are talking about getting swept. And I can't put that on the players when Joe Mazzulla just clearly is outclassed right now. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the point I'm trying to make is that I, I think you. I think he got lucky at the beginning of the season because the team was performing really, really well got to you. start the season. And when they started the season, they did look like a team for a lot of the season that could go back to the finals. And I think a lot of people would agree with that aspect that they were playing like a team that generally genuinely could go back to the finals if they played like that. Yeah. And I think that's more of a reflection of the talent he was working with when he came in. And it wasn't really something specific that he personally was doing well to make them play like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think now, like you just said, I think now he's kind of getting exposed because they're not playing well and he has no idea how to like motivate that team to Mm -hmm. kind of get them back to where they Mm -hmm. need to be. And I think that's been a problem. And I think he's, he's lost a lot of respect from the players because of that. I think. So what I'm sorry, Maestro. So what, what are the chances if this goes real bad tonight, like they lose, like as bad as they did in game three, get them out of there. What are the chances (laughs) What are the chances that Missoula gets let go if this ends badly tonight? Yeah, I think um, it's obviously a hard to say because I do think in some way they might be like, well, it was his first season, first which give him some more time. But I think a lot of people want to just pull the plug on him if that mm-hmm. is the case, which I definitely don't blame them. I think, you know, when you look at some of these other coaches that are more experienced, if the Celtics are really in the in the mode now where they're looking to win a championship now with the talent that they have, they do need to get somebody in there who I think is a proven head coach mm. who has been in this situation before and has shown that they can succeed in that situation. And it would be different if the Celtics were more of in a little bit of a rebuild where they're trying to make some roster moves and right. figure out who goes with who. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of decisions that have to come with this organization because Tatum and Brown are going to be due for big contracts. And yeah. the question is, do they want to pay those two? But that's obviously a different topic, but it does start with coaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, they have to really decide if they lose really badly tonight. I do think there's going to be a lot of changes. I think we're going to see a lot of people get moved in the off season. I actually think Brad Stevens has done a good job in his role now with the moves that he's mm-hmm. made 
to um, kind of set the team up for success, yeah. but then they obviously have to perform. Um, and so I do think they will evaluate the coaching situation. If they truly think that they still have the talent now and they want to keep this core together to try to win a championship, I think they need to um, send him packing and get somebody else in there who is experienced and can really coach in these types of situations because he's really proving that he can. Especially right now. Especially yep, right thank now. Thank you. Thank you, Maestro. The Suns got the Suns let Monty go. Bucks let Boonhoza go. Like they letting top tier coaches go. Nick Nurse is out there right. still. They're letting top tier coaches go because they feel like these teams feel like they got championship windows and coaches are letting them down, is what they're saying. So they are in the so Boston, Boston has to at least for following trend reasons, let alone the availability that's on the pool. But at least for trend reasons, they gotta let this dude go. You can't let Monty Williams, Nick Nurse, and those yeah. types of folks get fired, and Joe Mazzula get swept. In the yeah, conference. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say trends. I would just say Monty Williams is available. Nick Nurse is available. Uh, Budenholzer is like you. I don't think I've ever seen an off season like this where you've had this many good coaches, I mean, coaches that have won championships in recent memory that are available right now. And I haven't be seen clear. that before. And let's be clear. Jimmy Butler's still looking at Missoula crazy. Like, you the coach? You? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Eight points, five assists, and six turnovers against me in college? You? <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing coaching this yeah. team? I do agree with you, though. I do think, you know, this is the time. And like you just said, Trey, like the coaching market right now is really, really hot. And yeah. so if they really want to contend and they're serious about still being in that championship window, which I do feel like they are, they should probably get somebody in there who you know can get you there and and has had proven success as opposed to trying to gamble with Missoula and giving him the whole, you know, he was a first year coach, so let's give him more time because you don't really have more you don't time. Have time. You, know, you, you don't have you time. Say, like, we'll give it another season and see how he does when, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with this core and you have some decisions to make coming up too with the players. So I do think that's the most important thing that everybody's going to be focusing on in the off season with the Celtics, especially if they get swept, because I think even yeah. if they don't get swept, I yeah. think even if they manage to win tonight and the series goes back to Boston for game five, I still think they need to seriously evaluate the Absolutely. coaching situation because this is just bad. Yeah. Really. Listen, listen, I, I, I got Knicks fans saying that they need to fire Tom Thibodeau and we're not even in the same stratosphere as Boston as far as, you know, a championship caliber team. I mean, the Knicks have had, you know, in the last two, three seasons, we've kind of been relevant again. And Tom Thibodeau is the reason for that. Not to yeah. say that I'm, you know, a huge fan of his, but I don't think the conversation about getting rid of him should be the conversation this offseason. Now, if the Knicks go and improve and then they, you know, run into this wall again, you know, next year, then, yeah, then you start to talk about changing the coach. So if Knicks fans are talking about getting rid of their coach, you best believe if you Boston and you a Celtics fan and you got Missoula on this staff and you got four other coaches out there. I mean, hell, Doc Rivers is out there. 
<laughs> I mean, that name is being thrown out a lot among Celtics Twitter from what I'm seeing from fans who are saying, I'd love to have Doc Rivers here. I've seen that. Boston because that could be, I think that, and people are like, well, he hasn't had a lot of postseason success yeah. lately, but I think with his just overall resume as a coach, I think he could take the talent that the Celtics have and make that into something because they need to be with guys like Tatum and Brown, like, they need to be with a coach that they actually respect and they can rely on to actually coach and help them, you know, guide them through these types of situations. And if they had Doc Rivers now, I truly don't believe they'd be getting swept right now or be down 3-0 by Miami. I think it would be a more competitive series. And I think I could totally see it, despite the fact that, yeah, Doc didn't have, hasn't had recent success. It didn't work with him in Philly we get all of that, but I do. Yeah, exactly. But I think those rosters, like even with the Clippers, like I think those rosters overall didn't have as much talent as the Celtics roster has now. So I think if you take somebody like him and put him in this situation with the Celtics, I think that they'd be able to find more success. Like I, I like a coach like that, who, you know, is proven and has the experience. So would you so would would you agree out of everybody that's available that Doc Rivers is the best choice for Boston if Missoula gets fired? Uh, that's a hard choice because I do like Nick Nurse a lot. I think obviously you know that whole situation was just tough for them. I mean, they won a championship, but then things kind of just spiraled downhill yeah. for that they let team. Kawhi go. They did what they were supposed to do, bringing Kawhi yeah. in that one year, and then they went back exactly. to being big. Which is, yeah, exactly. They mm-hmm. brought Kawhi in, they win a championship with him, and then they just go back to not being relevant and nobody yeah. cares about them anymore mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I do, I, I do like Doc. I think he could fit in well with what the Celtics are trying to do right now, and I think he could take this roster and at least – be somebody who can help motivate the team. Cause it's also really sad when you hear things like Al Horford stepped in where, when Missoula was who knows where, and like basically coached to the team for a segment. Disgusting. Of he old, he older than them. Disgusting. You know, like, like put motivation of some sort into this team. And it's just like, that's sad when he's not even the coach. So he's not supposed to be doing that, but he's like that veteran presence that they need. And you did bring up a good point, Trey, about Horford, because obviously his productivity isn't there, which we all kind of know and didn't really expect him to have. But off the court, he is a huge presence with Boston right now, just because he's been around for a while. And, you know, he understands what it's like to be in this type of situation. And so having somebody like him with his veteran experience to offer to the younger guys, I think is huge for this team. And that's why I was happy that, you know, they brought Al back here just because I think having a presence like that is so important for this team. Um, mm-hmm. When you, when the, a lot of your core is pretty young still. Um, but I do, I do think that, you know, there's a good chance that they explore the coaching situation and they'd be foolish not to with, all these coaches you have to yeah you kind of have to i say he gets fired period and doc rivers hear me good and i'm not a boston fan let's be clear about it i'm not a boston fan at all none of us are (laughs) but you are looking forward to a good round game seven exit you're looking for a good game seven exit messing with doc go ahead get somebody like monty go ahead get somebody like bootenhoser but don't don't wish Boston, hear me good, Boston fans. If you want a chip, 
in the next two or three years, don't bring Doc over there. I'm just telling you, don't bring Doc over there. Mon- Monty bring- would be my first choice. Monty if it was would up to be me. my first choice. He's a great coach. Monty great would coach. be my first choice. Monty yeah. would be my first choice. For that sure. would be that. Yeah, that you want somebody like that, you know, who shows that they have the ability at least to. Yeah do just motivate a team because there's a huge lack of motivation with this team right now and it seems like they're playing without any kind of purpose Mm -hmm. and that that's just really really sad and you Mm -hmm. need to have a coach in there who gives them that purpose to want to keep playing and Missoula is just not doing that absolutely so you're not going to say Celtics in seven I mean I'm not going to hear that from you because you know you still I mean come on come come on on, come on now come on now (laughs) I can't. I just can't because they if they looked better, then I'd say maybe. Yeah. But the way that they looked in game three, they just have no heart and no motivation right now. So I can't That's I can't sad. That's sad. Some That's quotes sad. from uh Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown earlier today. Uh quote, don't let us win tonight. Yep. I know. It's uh they'll they talk they'll say that. They'll talk like that, but then they'll come out and, and, and look trash. Did you see them at did you look them in their face the other night, game three? Like I mean, I wasn't I wasn't even at the game, but if you look at their faces on oh, the yeah. TV, they yeah. don't want to be here. Yeah, Did Tatum you- just looked like he was like, all right. Because they benched him in the fourth, right? Yeah. So yeah. it started the fourth because they was down 30. And they brought the, I, the bench players in. They brought the bench players in, and like Reggie was talking about on the broadcast, he's like, okay. You want to rest your players? And I'm like, what? No. What you mean rest your players? They down 30 points. You better get the them playoff. dudes back out there. The right. You better get them yet. starters back out there. What you talking yeah, about? Even like, even just for a mo- from a motivation standpoint, like say Tatum and Brown are out there in the fourth quarter and they start hitting some shots. At least you're giving them some sort of motivation that they can four. maybe carry into game four. Like I might not have had a great game until the fourth quarter, but at least I was starting to make some shots in the fourth. And that's almost just like a, you know, internal motivation type thing like okay like if I can play well and make shots in the fourth quarter like maybe I can carry that into game four but you know it's it was the players very much seemed to just give up and it almost was like he gave up on them Mm. by just starting the bench players in the fourth quarter I ain't gonna hold you Jason Tatum I saw the outfit he walked in with he gave up before he got to this get on the court Mm -hmm. that man was partying that white linen suit I'm surprised (laughs) ain't nothing leaked I'm surprised nothing leaked that, that man, that white that, that, that man was about clear. to do a music video in Miami. <laughs> that let, clearly yeah. let me know that he was not there. That to man, that, that hey, Maestro, he was about to go chill with Rick Ross down there. Man. The way he was dressing up, bro. I'm trying it's to It's really tell you. sad. It's, it's honestly a sad situation to see. And like, as a Celtics fan, it's it's just heartbreaking knowing how much talent the team has and how you feel like the whole season is just kind of being wasted because they just don't care anymore. Yeah. When I you feel. know that they have the ability to go to win. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we won't, we won't, we won't twist the knife. No, no more. We won't twist the knife. No more. about. Yeah, the- we will. Yeah, we will. What you talking about? about? So this, we got, we do eventually have to talk about the Patriots. Uh, yeah. That's are- what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, well, look, it's a little bright. It's the off season. It's a little more brighter for the Patriots. I think 
Yeah, they can't I, really they can't really uh make me angry as much during the offseason as when they're on the football field. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So talk Good point. to me, Good so point. talk to me about the uh the Patriots offseason. Uh Devin McCourty retired, which is I would imagine mm-hmm. a good piece for you guys. Um the draft notables for me is obviously uh drafting Christian Gonzalez in the first round, but more important to me is Isaiah Bolton from Jackson State getting drafted late in the seventh round. Um, how do you feel about the draft uh, and and the offseason overall for the Patriots? Yeah, you know, I think Christian Gonzalez is a great pick. When he dropped to the Patriots, it would have been foolish of them not to take him. Um, huge talent. I was a little bit surprised overall that they decided to lean more on the defensive side overall in the draft. But at the same time, you know, obviously this team still doesn't have a true wide receiver one. And that's something that we've been waiting for for a while. But I really don't think they were going to get that from this draft class. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were some wide receivers that got taken early, but I don't believe that any of those guys would have been that true wide receiver one that the team needs. And obviously they're in a really competitive division. Like that defense needs to be really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um. So it's hard for me to really criticize a lot of what the Patriots did. I mean, I also like, you know, I have some issues with it. Like they traded up and drafted a freaking kicker. Like that's a little bit yeah. of a confusing situation for me. <laughs> and I think Belichick, as we all know, hasn't been the best at drafting. That's one of his, blatant weaknesses I think a lot of the GM responsibilities that come with his job are not as much of a good fit for him obviously fantastic coach but not as great of a GM and you know you never know with the draft who's going to pan out and who's not to begin with it really is a crapshoot when you draft in the first place because you don't know who's um you know who's going to fit with your system and who's not but I do like talent wise a lot of the players that he drafted I think he really felt like he didn't see a lot of offensive talent that could really make an impact on this team immediately that he needs Mm -hmm. so he decided to lock down his defense which I don't really have a problem with um but you know I think this is going to be this season is going to be a huge huge test for Mac Jones. I think getting a real mm. offensive coordinator in there is going to help him because there was no reason at all that Matt Patricia should have been calling the offensive plays. And that hey, Gabby, that's the biggest offseason move in my book. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, because like this guy has no idea like how to run an offense and you're having him call the offensive plays. Like what, what is this? Like the offense was an absolute mess last year. It was actually painful to watch um, as a Except fan. y'all cook Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, so I sorry. mean that offense wasn't even that great, and even in that game, they yeah. no, they cooked us is what I'm because we were bad too, but they cooked <laughs> yeah. us, is, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. But it's it just didn't make any sense, and it I could see blatant frustration on Mac Jones's face because I think he felt like he wasn't in the position to be able to succeed because you have an offensive coordinator who's incompetent, you know, running the offense. So that was my one issue. So I think bringing in Bill O'Brien is actually huge for this team. He's somebody who actually is an offensive-minded guy and can kind of help run a more cohesive offense. I do think this is a huge year for Mac Jones because, you know, he's shown some glimpses of what he can do, but he still hasn't been able to fully convince people that he's the guy for the future. And I think – they are trying now to put him in a better place to be able to succeed 
in this system. So I think this is a big year for him. If he doesn't show improvement from last year when they've been trying to, you know, get him some more help, then I think they have to start asking some questions within the organization of whether they want to continue to invest in Mac Jones or not. And, you know, I think I'm still a little bit concerned about the offense. I think the offensive line was a big problem last year. They still don't have a a super solid receiving core. I think, um, you know, those are two areas that I still think that might be an issue going into this season. But one thing that was big with the Patriots last year was there were certain things in games where they were just making really stupid mistakes that looked like they just lacked football IQ and had no idea <laughs> what they were doing. The and Raiders I think game. Some of those mistakes, yeah, that was just, <laughs> it was, but that was such a Patriots thing to do last year because they found like such creative ways to lose so many mm-hmm. games. And mm-hmm. these were winnable games. Like there were, there were a few games that I can look back on from last year that it's like, if they didn't do something silly like that in the Raiders game, they could have mm-hmm. won that game and been a playoff team. But it's, it is telling that, you know, they came close to the playoffs last year when they really didn't look that good in a lot of the games. And I think, you know, obviously coaching's a part of that, but I think, um, you know, the division has gotten better and, and yeah. they're in one of the best divisions in football right now. And I think, you know, it's going to be really telling of where they're at when they do face those teams in the division. Um, I do think their defense is going to be really good again, like it was last year, which is going to help them win games. But this is, this is the, the, this biggest thing for me right now is there's a lot of pressure on Mac this year because he, I haven't bought into him fully yet. I think he's displayed some weaknesses, but I think I've also was willing to give him a pass last year because he was not in a good offensive system. But I think now with a new offensive coordinator in there, who's familiar with Mac and is an offensive guy, hopefully can kind of help turn the tide a little bit, but I don't know that they're really there with the rest of the division right now. I mean, it's, it's this division's tough and, I think, you know, I'm realistically, I'm projecting like nine wins for the Patriots. Nine um, and eight. Jeez, I think which, that's, I, I think that's a lot. Nine and eight. They, I mean, that I, I, I realistically looking at their schedule, think they could win nine games. Okay. I think that that might be enough to make the playoffs. Maybe not because of, um, you know, they're just in a really tough division. And I think the other teams in the division are going to win more. Games so where do you think you finishing that in the division? Uh, nothing above third, either third or fourth. And the only team that I'm looking at that might not be as good as the Patriots actually is Miami because mm. I'm still not sold on Tua. And I think that Miami, out of all the other teams in the mm. division, the defense right now, though is, um, yeah, 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 is the team that I'm looking at as could potentially finish below the Patriots. But realistically, I don't think that they finish any better than third they probably end up finishing in fourth would be my realistic Mm -hmm. yes i still think that they uh they they always beat the jets twice so maybe they still will i don't i'm not scared of the jets per se i don't think aaron Rodgers doesn't scare me um and the jets don't scare me i think that they'll be a better team this year but i don't think that getting aaron Rodgers puts them so much more above everybody else um i think that they genuinely will be a playoff team this year, um, but I don't think that they're be- better than Buffalo still. Um, and I think that they, I think that they um, finish second in the division, and I think Buffalo wins it again. I can understand uh, you still kind of siding with Buffalo because I, th- I think, like me and Maestro, we look at that team and we feel like they took some steps back. They've lost some players. 
Um, the Jets have kind of upgraded, obviously, Rodgers coming in. And then with the receivers that they got, um, McCole Hardman, which I don't think we discussed enough, Maestro. I thought that that was a really good pickup yeah. on, on, on the Jets' part. But aside from getting his boys, Lazard and now, you know, Randall Cobb, which is going to be more of a, a, a leadership blanket. thing. Security, Security blanket. blanket. Fifth option. For fifth option. This right, that dude that's gonna be there on third and third and twelve when nobody saw him coming. That's what Randall Cobb is gonna be. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah. so nine wins and you finish third or fourth in the division. I mean, I, don't, I don't lie. Don't you dare lie. Lie about what? That's not gonna cut it in the not, AFC. In that's, the AFC, that's good, not good point. Cut well, it. well, good point. I'm I'm thinking more about who the who's on the schedule. I'm thinking about. You got the Chiefs on there. You got the Chargers on that schedule. Y'all, y'all play that whole division, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think is the greatest division. We'll see what Denver does with Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm thinking about the NFC East. Y'all play the NFC East, right? Yeah, which was a good division last year. Right, right. So they play the Eagles week one. That's most likely a loss. Yeah. Ain't no that's most a, likely. Might not be. I mean, I, I do think I do think that the Patriots are gonna be a little better than people think. I think they're gonna um compete a little bit more with teams than people think. And I'm looking at the Eagles right now. I don't think Jalen Hurts is gonna have as good of a season as he had last year. I mm-hmm. think um that was a little bit of a Cinderella type of run for the Eagles. I think that they played mm-hmm. above what they're capable of last year. So I'm putting them a little bit more in the mix with everybody else. I don't think they have this crazy run where they're undefeated for most of the season this year. I think um, they're a little bit more in the mix with the rest of their division. Um, I even could say they might not even win the division this year. I think that they are a team that um, there's, they're good. They're a good team, but I think what they did last year isn't going to be the normal for them. I think that Mm -hmm. they're going to kind of, come back to reality this year so you're thinking what you're thinking cowboys win that division is that what you're thinking it's hard for me to ever pick them just because it's the cowboys yeah Um, yeah they're good but like i mean the giants are also good that that whole division besides washington is good so i genuinely think all three of those teams um end up being close and i think that that mm-hmm. division comes down to the wire towards the end of the season you said a lot about the patriots um and and uh, specifically what I, what I what is interesting to me is mac jones mac jones you're right has a lot of pressure on him and the problem that i'm having with this pressure being on him and again i'm not a patriots fan nor a mac jones fan i don't just don't care nothing about him your number one receiver is juju smith schuster that's that's that that's, wide receiver one. Yeah, right. Like that's a problem. I mean, you get Mike Gusecki, and, and I like him. I liked him Miami, but I don't it, like. I guess he got his, uh, um, room to grow. I guess is, but you know, you don't believe him. You got James Robinson from uh from Jacksonville, and yeah. and that's and, and he's a, he was he was good when he was there, but um you know that that was that's just a lot. That's just a lot. That's just a lot. I can't say that. That's just a lot of pressure to put on Mac Jones. Yeah, I think like I think like you said, I think like some these are decent signings. Like I don't think it's bad that they sign these people. I think Asiki is actually a pretty good signing for the Patriots, but they haven't done anything to me in the offseason where I've been like, wow, this is a game changer for the Patriots and this is gonna make them really be able to contend. And I think, you know, the Juju thing, like 
I don't know. Like the guys, like there's, there's a lot, he, there's a lot with him off the field that I'm just like, I don't know how, how I feel about him really being here. I do think he is talent wise good to have in the receiving core, but again, he's not a true wide receiver one. And exactly. Just Mm -hmm. haven't had, just haven't had somebody like that in a while. And that's, I think still going to be a problem for Mac Jones because it's still, I I think their running back room is solid still. They, they did have a good running back room last year. And I think that's going to be, a strength of theirs again this year, but I am concerned still about the receiving core. And I'm looking at some of the other teams in the AFC and offensively, the Patriots are just still not where they're supposed to be. I think there's still a chance that maybe they trade for somebody to be a true wide receiver one before the season starts, but I'm definitely not bracing myself for anything because it is Belichick and he does like to trust himself and roll with what he has and Mm. hope that it works. That's just how he is. So I'm not really... You know, we got one more question. We know you got to go. So we got one more question. This this is a fan favorite. So uh, we got to get we got to do the fan favorite before you get out of here. I need you to do two things for me. Uh, One, before you before I give you the question, I'm going to need you to tell people where they can reach you on social media. Because when I ask the second question, if your answer isn't good, I want them to at you and not at me. So <laughs> first off, um, social media handles where you can be found in case your answer to the second question goes left. Uh no. So I'm um I'm on pretty much all forms of social media. Twitter, I'm at Gabby Hurlbut 10. Um, Instagram at Gabby underscore Hurlbut 10. The Boston Balling Podcast also has pages. It's at Boston underscore balling underscore podcast on Instagram. And it's just at Boston balling on Twitter. I am pretty active on Twitter. Usually just freaking out about Boston sports teams, making me angry all the time is pretty Mm -hmm. much what my Twitter profile consists of. So if you're interested Mm -hmm. in that, uh, you can definitely uh, check it out, but it's uh, a lot of mental breakdowns in the middle of playoff games when teams are just not playing how they're supposed to be. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Though, though, that's where you can find me. Yeah, I heard her at Gabby Halberton on Twitter is where you'll get her response. My second question is top five Boston players, athletes of all time, your favorite, your top five, no order top five. There's so many players that I can put in here. And I think there are some that I'm going to leave out that I would put in if it was a top 10. At Gabby Halbert 10 on Twitter. Top five. Um, you have to put Ted Williams in there. Um, one of the best baseball players of all time. So it would be foolish to not include him. Um, Tom Brady, because he's won all these championships with the Patriots. That's so obvious. Yeah. And he's the GOAT, so you can't not put him in no there. Argu- no argument there. Um, <laughs> uh, Bobby Orr, I would say, is in there, too. One of the best hockey players of all time and, uh, you know, is a Bruins legend. So I'm putting him in there. Paul Pierce, I have to say. The truth. Uh, too, because that'd be ridiculous not to put him in. And this is number five is where it gets really, really dicey because – there's quite a few players that would pop into my head that I could put here, but just considering everything from this person's career and what he means to the city of Boston, I have to put David Ortiz in. I'm about to say, okay. uh, I, I, I'm about to say, if you okay. leave that man out, we're we going to have some problems. His, uh, <laughs> I was at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony last July, so it would be ridiculous for me not to include him. He's also my favorite 
Boston sports athlete okay. of all time too. So I would never not include him. Yeah. Honorable mentions, Trey. Well, we got. I know we got her. Yeah, but we got to let her go. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Gabby, again, we appreciate you hopping on with us. Um, but I I I do have some names I do want to throw out there, and it's interesting that you mentioned some players that, um, just judging by your age and how old I think you are, I don't think you've seen Bobby Orr play, um, in real time. I don't think you've seen Ted Williams play in 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 real time. So I'm going to just throw some names out there. Uh, Manny Ramirez, um, for me, um, I mean, he he killed my Yankees a few times in the playoffs. Um, I, I would put him as sort of an honorable mention. And the other guy that I would put on there um, would be Larry Bird, even though you, you probably saw Larry maybe on the late Larry tail was, end of Larry his career. Larry was a name that I, um, like, what was thinking of, but I was like, if, if I'm only doing five, I can't put everybody for you, not Larry Bird. Okay. Of course, of course. My, my honorable mentions are Bill Russell, rest in peace, rest in yeah. peace to the legend, and um, yeah. Marvin Hagler, boxer Marvin Hagler, and yeah. just, just, and this is not real, Ben Coates, who played tight end for the Patriots in the 90s. <laughs> I like those, I like them. I like <laughs> the, uh, the answer. I think there's a lot of athletes in Boston. Who oh, and Maya Moore, and Maya Moore, and UConn. Oh yeah, I mean, and, yeah, UConn girl. Like, yeah, that, yeah. like, you know, like that's. I I I loved her. Watched her play in college, and she's she's just super fun. So For there's sure. there's definitely a lot of athletes. I think that you can say have just made a huge impact on the Boston sports community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a huge Manny Ramirez fan myself. I mean, everybody that you know played on the Red Sox during that time that the Boston Red Sox in 2004 were just a really special team. Yeah. Like there was just a lot of players on that team. Don't that, remind me that are legends. You're just never going to forget players like that. And it's just not, I feel like it's just not the same now. Like you look at baseball now and there's yeah. just not as many players in baseball now that are really, really like stars on that level in terms of like, I'm going to remember this player for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. No doubt. I agree. I no agree. doubt, no doubt. Uh, Gabby. We, yeah, we appreciate you. We certainly appreciate you for coming on. Uh, before we let you go, just plug anything you want to plug. And once again, let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. This was definitely a lot of fun. I always Absolutely. enjoy uh, doing stuff like this. Um, you can find Boston Balling on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to Boston Balling. And you can also find me and my podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I also have a Facebook page for Boston Balling where I drop um, live streams of the show when I do it. Um, So you can check it out there as well um, or check it out on YouTube, wherever you feel like uh, checking out your podcast, whatever you prefer. Absolutely. No doubt. Hey, Gabby, thank you so much. Appreciate Appreciate you. you. Appreciate the time. And uh, we'll, we'll see you out there in the social media world. Yeah, we'll be in touch for sure. I really, really appreciate you guys. For Absolutely. Sure, for sure. Be safe out here. Thank you. All right. You. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, Gabby Hurlbutt, the Boston Balling Podcast. Uh, follow her on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbutt10. Also on Instagram as well. And the like she said, the podcast itself has its own pages. And so you guys can check that out as well um, at Boston Balling on Twitter. Hey man, uh, did you hear? Did you hear uh, what JJ Reddick said to Stephen A today? 
you know what? I saw the I, well. Let me let me not say I saw the clip. I saw the headline, but I didn't listen to the audio yet about it. But is this something along the lines of you hadn't played? He Jalen Rose. He Jalen Rose. Skip Bayless. Them is what he tried to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh huh. And you okay. know Steve. And you know Stephen A. Way too. So he got about it that quick. Right. He right. Got about right. It quick. But basically, um, they was talk uh, talking about LeBron uh, re- possibly retiring or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, and basically, he told Stephen A. You don't understand athletic morality, and what you did at Winston Salem don't count. I gotta listen to that. But speaking of but but speaking of JJ Reddick, so his name has been tossed around in some head coaching vacancies. Like I heard, I heard he that. interviewed for the Milwaukee Bucks job, mm-hmm. and um, I, I thought that that's pretty interesting. But I think he should go coach. I think so I too. I think he. he, he I, I think he coaches his. Uh, what is I'm it, talking about NBA. I, I'm not like going to be disrespectful to the fact that he coaches his his kids team, but I'm talking. He should coach in the NBA. Give him a shot. Why no, not? no, sure, sure. I was just, I was just making a point, but, oh. um, but yeah, I, I, I think I've heard that before someplace. But yeah, I agree with you. I think he should coach, um, someplace in the NBA. I know people will maybe criticize the move, whoever makes the move to go get him. But, I mean, he knows how to talk ball. I give him that. You know what I mean? I, I got no issues with it. I but say give JJ, him a shot. but the way JJ Reddick been spicy lately on that platform it's it's like he trying to he he trying to force espn to let him go no nah, I, I don't think he trying i just think he i don't know I don't, I don't think he trying to force nothing but i don't know man he i don't know i he i don't know i don't like i don't know man like something about i ain't trying yeah. to make this racy but something something i, I gotta look i gotta look at that some clip, some man. something pulled me the wrong way when i seen him talking to Stephen a like that bro like <laughs> don't talk to Stephen a like that i, I, I don't i don't that. like it bro i ain't gonna hold you i don't, I, out. I don't know if i like that shout out to uh the wise soul in the youtube live chat um they're all upgrades easily he was talking about all the uh head coaches oh, right, that are available um, for the for Boston, if indeed you know they do crap the bed tonight, which I think they're gonna crap the bed tonight. Now, since, well, and since you since you brought that back up, I was I, I could mm-hmm. I, I could tell Gabby ain't want to be messy, but now the messiness is still on my on my heart, so I feel the need. <laughs> Here's what I feel about that Boston Celtics situation. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. They 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 tried to they tried to play E-May, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. They tried to play him. Oh, he knocking down slim girl, slim wife, whatever, whatever. We're gonna try air him out, make him look bad, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they thought that they could just find anybody because the team is so good mm-hmm. that they could just throw somebody in there and do that. All in spite, it, it goes back to that emotional sh- that emotional shit that we was talking about when the, when the E-May Udoka shit was going on. Mm-hmm. Business is business, and personal is personal. personal. Yeah, yeah. Your girl got knocked down. Your wife got knocked down. Whoever the girl is, and whoever the top of the Zach dude wife who it was belonged to, that that happened. Mm-hmm. I right, it happened. But you're not gonna sit here and play email on the business side like this dude wasn't the best coach for your team. Yeah, and because you did that, we looking at these dudes, but the, we looking at these Celtics about to get smoked. And now the conversation that we had about Jason Tatum, uh, you know, being young and getting his chip early and setting his projection for one of the best players to ever play the game because he's so young and mm-hmm. the team was going to be so intact for years to come. Now, you, see, now you're talking about 
the possibility, mm. and, and 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 to me, it really is this deep. You're talking about the possibility of a dynasty forming that you just fucked up because you want to put your personal situation and put it to your business situation. Let's be clear. You could have kept that whole scandal quiet. Mm-hmm. Eme could have kept his job. And there's no way, that, in my opinion, that Eme is getting outcoached like this mm-hmm. by Spolstra. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't you, with all who's the great coach, by the way? Who's, who's a great coach? Yeah. Absolutely. But I think with Ime and the roster that the Celtics have, mm-hmm. I don't think that they. I don't think they're beating Miami, in my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah, I with think Ime Udoka there. With Ime Udoka, that's a seven-game series. It's a seven-game series, and Boston wins. And Boston wins. Right. It's certainly yep. not this. It's certainly not this. And I think that. Oh man, how how how? Mm. So I think I heard Stephen A. say this the other day. Um, but what's happening with the Boston Celtics before our eyes? It's justice. Absolutely, it's, 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 it's it. justice. I tweeted at Graham three. I tweeted at Graham three. Good for you. It's Good justice for, you. for what they did to Ime Udoka. Did you did you see? And I retweeted this tweet. Did you see? What Nia Long tweeted after game two. I saw, I, I, rem- I remember vaguely. I remember it vaguely. Yes. Because right. so, she was, and she the motherfucker that got cheated on and she know this shit was wrong. Right. Right. Good for you, Celtics. I, I love the petty. I, I love the petty. I, I didn't, I didn't want to, like, I could say, I could tell Shaw they ain't want to get messy. So I ain't getting, you know what I'm saying? But, but, it, I, I, but I, it's I nasty. It's nasty it. behavior. It's nasty mm. behavior. You can't let the personal get in touch with, get in way in the way of the business. And the mm-hmm. business is everybody got jobs, and you had a championship caliber coach. We know because he was just there mm-hmm. that you let go because your girl chose. I'll I'll reiterate. I'll, I'll reiterate that when this first happened, I saw it as ooh. Ime Udoka, first year head coach, black head coach, took over for Brad Stevens, who was taking his team to conference finals back to back on, on, you know, one occasion. Couldn't get it done. He goes up to the front office. They bring in Ime Udoka. First year off of Brad Stevens, bro. Yeah, right. Like, and, and he takes them to the finals. First year, black head coach takes him to the finals and y'all y'all trying to out this dude out like to the public you, and you thought you was gonna replace him with joe missoula when jimmy butler know he owned that nigga you crazy see i would i would have had more respect if they kept the interim tag on him right but, but but the, the point that gabby made about them looking so good early on in yeah. the season and yeah. them saying ooh you know, we just going to be able to run it back because we got the talent and anybody can, you know, coach this team on autopilot. So let's give Missoula, let's lift the interim tag off of Missoula and make him the official head coach. And to me, that wasn't a business decision. That was an emotional personal decision. decision. God, you took your get. That was the, that was an emotional decision to make because. Hi, we found our coach. Hi, we ain't need you, Eme. Uh, right. Cause we knew we knew he wasn't getting suspended, like as they tried to portray yeah, it. We knew yeah. it wasn't a suspension. At some point, they had to try to figure out, damn, we kind of messed up, but how are we gonna how's this gonna look if we bring him back? Well, 
Let's just make Missoula yeah. the head coach, and that'll that'll solve everything. Like that'll solve Eme, you know, cutting ties with Eme. That'll solve us as far as getting the head coach. We're going back to the finals. Wop wop wop. Nah. And nah. here you are getting smoked when you got the better roster because your coach is trash. And I don't, and, and I mean that respectfully to Joe Missoula because it's his first year. Right, but right. But he ain't ready. He ain't I wanna, ready yet. Yeah, yeah. I want to be respectful. I do. I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I do want to be respectful. So I, so I, but... tell you, I ain't going to call him trash. This is his first year. Like he, That's a lot of pressure on an interim coach to come in with a championship yeah. roster and expect to be able to turn that around into a chip. That's a lot of pressure on him. So I ain't going right. to I ain't gonna call him trash. That's not fair. But if, let's be clear: you're in a championship window. He got to go. If if and, and and to your point, and I was gonna slide in here. Um, Pause. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Monty Williams. I'm sorry. You 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 can't let these coaches just sit out here. I mean, how many openings are, is it right now? So we got five openings. We got five openings right now. We got okay. we got Detroit. We know Detroit's bad. Um, Phoenix, uh, Milwaukee, Philly, and um, I'm I'm missing that third one. Um, the, the the fifth one. I'm I'm missing that one. But um, oh, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Yeah. Um, ain't none of these ain't none of these teams filled these rosters, these coaching positions out yet. Um, and if you're Boston and you go out tonight. I think it's. I mean, how soon can you hire? How soon can you hire a coach after losing in the conference finals? You can do. <laughs> I I I don't know. I don't know the yeah. answer to that. But me, Trey Frazier, I am giving Missoula his walking papers, and, and Sam, I am getting and I am getting Monty Williams on the phone asap. Asap. I'm tampering. I'm talking to him right now. <laughs> yeah, truth be, yeah. Because truth be told, y'all shouldn't be in an 03 hole. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I am on the yes. phone with that dude and right now. Let me now. be clear. Tatum and Jalen Brown should take some of the smoke. They should. Yes. They 100%. Yes. But yes. this seems like this team is unmotivated. And of course, this team is unmotivated because mm. they ain't got nobody to motivate them. And they got Jimmy Butler talking to him crazy. Yeah. And they holding it. And why and why is the and why is the and why is the the quote unquote in game rivalry between Williams and Jimmy Butler? Why are you the one talking crazy when Jimmy when uh J- Jason Tatum is a star and Jalen Brown is a star? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean Grant Williams, I mean Grant Williams, that's his name. I couldn't I mean I hey, I, I respect Grant Williams. Yeah, no shade to him. Respect him. Who are you? He was the only one doing something. Yeah. When when after after him and Butler was going head to head, pause. They were you know he was kind of trying to do what he could, and then everybody else, the rest of the team, it was just like, yo, what's up? (laughs) Was 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 good? Y'all 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 blowing a you know thirteen point lead in that game. So, um, yeah, I I think it's gonna be bad tonight, bro. We're gonna we're, we're literally about to go. Nine straight days without basketball until the finals start. Hey, hey, man! <laughs> it, 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 you know what that tells you that the summer is coming. It's it's hey. if it ain't here already, the summer's here, bro. Hey, that's a, it, hey, and 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 it's because and it's all because said executive is mad because his girl chose. Mm, mm. That's why. So we gotta go nine days without basketball <laughs> because you made your girl chose this man. He made you doka. 
uh, A, congratulations to the... Well, before I give the Nuggets their flowers, um, Carmelo Anthony, because no, I was going to talk about we, that. We, we, but we're in the middle of the playoffs. We can go back to Carmelo. Get Carmelo's yeah. latest leg. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the Lakers getting swept. You want to... Okay. All right. It's, we go back. <laughs> I, I love the I love the narrative. I love the headline. Let's talk about the Lakers getting swept. Okay, yeah, that goes hand in hand with the Nuggets getting to the finals for the first time. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about the let's talk the Lakers side. Hey, let's um, be let's be clear, man. It, it's let, no it's 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 <laughs> hey, look, man. To the Lakers, forget yeah. this far. Yeah. Let's be clear. Nobody yeah. saw nobody saw it coming. Let's be clear. I don't care yeah. how or why it happened. I know Memphis was tro had some shit going on with them. I get it. Mm. Um Well, at that point, I had their ceiling the second round. At at that when it when it got to the playoffs, I said to myself, you know what? The Lakers can get to the second round. But you and didn't I have think them that's beating it. Memphis. You didn't have them beating Memphis until that for game one. Yeah, before before game one started, I predicted yeah. that the Lakers were going to win the series. Yeah, you predicted that. I don't recall that, but I, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, you I, had I had Lakers beating Memphis. I had Lakers okay. in six. Okay, I, okay. I, I had okay. Lakers okay. in six. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, they had injuries. I mean, that's true. That's true. They, <laughs> they had injuries. Did. Yeah, they had injuries. So, regardless of how you feel about mm-hmm. Memphis, they got past Memphis. Cool. Yep. Then they beat Golden State, and you can say what you want to say about how you feel about that series, but they got past Golden State. Yeah. So let's be clear. They beat the world champs. They beat the number two with number two seed they were. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Cool. Right here is where you, hey man, Denver different, bro. Denver's different. Well, it's bad. It's bad when your starting point guard can't play in the series or half the series. D'Angelo Russell looked lost. In, in, in this series, they had and to I, bench and, him, and he wouldn't have changed it no way. No, sure, he wouldn't have. But the fact that, like, it's it's kind of like what Stephen A. said about R.J. Barrett weeks ago, um, in the first two games against the Cavs, and he was like, "Oh, you might have to sit R.J. for the series," and then R.J. does what he does. But now we get to D'Angelo Russell, and it's like, "Damn, bro! Like, you had to sit for the series. Like, you had to sit." Halfway through this through the series because you I mean you was getting burnt you was getting toasted bruh and you wasn't putting up no production and 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 that's bad when you know they gotta they gotta get Dennis Schroeder to start over you that's bad yeah I agree. that's th- that that's bad if you're D'Angelo Russell but, it, but and they traded for you yeah. they traded for you bruh yeah, yeah yeah you know so yeah I agree and you know. To the LeBron retirement conversation, look, man, um, you think he retiring? No. Yeah, neither do I. No. Um, it's never – I get it. Um, I saw it on first take this morning. They, they, And it makes sense. He might be throwing that out there because he's saying, I don't have no help. <laughs> I need more help. And the dude that was in the stands um, last night was your boy Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. dapping up Alex Rodriguez. And I think that's interesting because I I, I kind of believe that LeBron want to get Kyrie on his team. I I, I, I kind of believe that. I tell you what I saw today. I saw mm-hmm. that the Lakers asked the Hawks, "What would it take to get Trey Young?" I saw that too. I I, I saw that. Um, well, what, what do you think about that combination? Um, get D'Angelo Russell the fuck out of here. Get Schroeder the fuck out of here, and, mm-hmm. and and whatever little draft pick. 
whatever little conversation they need, and you get Trey Young. And and, and quite honestly, uh, quite honestly, I say fit wise, not necessarily mm-hmm. talent wise. Fit wise, get Trey Young over Kyrie. Get Trey Young over Kyrie. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I think I think I think that Trey Young want to run more, and I think they need to run. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. I mean, their pace wasn't the greatest, wasn't the fastest. Um, I could I could see that being the case. I'm not so, saying Kyrie can't run. I'm just right. saying that I think Trey Young want to run. I think Trey mm. Young wants to run. Right. So speed over chemistry. Okay. I can't. You know. I I don't think I I do can you be think, do you fully think against it. You speed over chemistry. Are you? So you you feel like chemistry is going to immediately jail because of Le, just LeBron and just Kyrie? LeBron, well, I'm, when I say chemistry, I'm just talking about LeBron and Kyrie because they played together already yeah, and but they won a, a championship nother, already. It's a whole other team. And really, and really, when I sure. mean a whole other team, it's because Anthony Davis is a factor that you're going to have to implement in, as far as chemistry. And I'm you know glad I'm you brought him up. I'm glad you brought him up because we can talk, you know, trades for Trey Young, getting D'Angelo Russell out of here. We can, we can talk all this stuff, Kyrie. You know, on the sideline, thinking he's gonna play for the Lakers next year. At the end of the day, though, Anthony Davis had to be the best player on this team if they wanted to get to where well, he was they at wanted points. to go. Well, he was at points. I was at points. He was, yeah. but but the but that with that comes consistency. Yeah. For so sure. yes, you could put up the twenty eight and twelve and whatever, and I he had a monster. Um, 30.20 rebound game yeah. in one, one of these series. Um, but the consistency just yeah. wasn't there. I mean, he would back that performance up with a a 17-point game. Or this is all I can point. remember this doing. I feel like he did this all playoffs. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he did this all playoffs. The the consistency, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know. And then if the guy's going to stay healthy or not, too. Yeah. Like, that's always been a question mark with anthony davis so. but, but here's the thing i mean you still got to treat him like he's the number one option yep. because you have to. he's him yeah uh, you, you know you have to so i mean i don't know it's like because you can't say get rid of anthony davis you can't say that mm-hmm. because yeah. when he's on he's fucking on yeah so i, I mean so you kind of gotta roll with the idea that you want to get somebody who can play with Anthony Davis. And I'm and again, I'm not saying that he can't that Kyrie can't play with Anthony Davis. I'm just looking at what I seen from Trey Young and what I seen from Kyrie. And I think he would mm-hmm. be better running with Trey Young. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna think about that a little bit deeper. Um And we know, and we know that boy pulling up from anywhere. And again, that's not mm-hmm. to say that Kyrie ain't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Fit wise, I think Trey Young would be a better fit, and I would give up everybody outside of like yeah. Austin. And 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 really, if it's Trey Young, yeah, I'm getting rid of Austin Reeves too. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, but, I'm trying, but I'm trying to keep him. I'm trying to keep him. Okay, I, I was I'm about to say. To yeah. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't be the first one on that no, list. No, 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 no. It's yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's definitely, it's not definitely Schroeder. Cause Schroeder's been okay. He's, you need a backup. You need a backup point I guard. I think you can and find I, a backup point guard, and and, and uh, I think you can find him. If okay. you can Trey Young, I think you can find a backup point guard. If, if you can find him, yes. If you can find him, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, if you got to keep Schroeder, I'm fine I'm not with even keeping mad at, Schroeder. Yeah, yeah. 
But D'Angelo got to go. D'Angelo has definitely got to go. He got to go. He got to go. He got to go. So I don't know if you've seen this. Speaking of D'Angelo Russell, so um, there was a couple times throughout these playoffs where he'd do his press conference and he's trying to promote this juice. It's some kind of Gatorade product or whatever. This nigga promoting juice at at the conference? At the conference, right? So this dude's got the juice there, right? And he's he's about to come up. He puts the juice on the table. And then homegirl, I guess she's like PR or marketing or whatever. She immediately comes over and she grabs the thing and takes it off the table. And D'Angelo's looking at her like, right. Like, yo, like, right. What you, what get that doing? shit out of here. What you get doing? That shit out of here. And I'm like, bruh. I, I, and, and I get it. Look. I'm with her. The whole, the whole lot. No, I'm with her too. Yeah. But, but. The fact that her taking the juice off the table got eyeballs, it's still a form of marketing, which is why I, which is why I guess he kept doing it because, hey, they're going to see it one way or another, whether it's up there for the whole press conference or it's up there for a few seconds. If I'm a little kid, I ain't never drinking that Gatorade if I just seen D'Angelo <laughs> Russell's game this series. I ain't never drinking it. So I'm with the PR lady. <laughs> yeah, I'm nah, I'm with her too. I'm with the PR lady. A deeper converse, well, a deeper detail in that too is is that that particular drink is not sponsored by the NBA, which is why she grabbed it off the table. Uh, oh, okay. So, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So right. he 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 was trying to do his little, you know, marketing stuff going on here. But mm-hmm. but it's, so speaking of Golden State, before we get to Denver for a second, it's it's crazy how. The two teams in the finals last year had those two separate incidents in the offseason that you could really say derailed their, derailed their seasons. Yeah. 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 It's it's yeah. wild, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's wild, wild stuff. It's wild. Heavy uh, is the head. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nuggets. Um, congrats. congrats. Congratulations For to sure. the Nuggets. Getting to the finals, um, the Joker. I don't even know if I. I don't even know if I like Joel Embiid no more, bro. I think I'm. <laughs> I, <ain't, laughs> oh, I don't even know if I like that nigga no oh, more. I've been man. watching. I've been watching Joker. This, you know, specifically this yeah. series, this mm-hmm. particular series, more than maybe I've watched him his career. Did you get the sense he was more aggressive in the series? Like I watched a couple plays last night, and it was late in the fourth where he got the ball and LeBron was all over him. And the dude was like, yo, one way or another, and it was a close game. It was a close yeah. uh, score. Yeah. He was like, yo, one way or another, I am getting this basket. And that dude muscled to, to the rim to get that basket off through LeBron hey, and all that. Hey, I, hey, he's slow as hell, but for some reason, it works. And, and, for, and, and from a slow person to another, Man, I, I I'm starting to like this dude. I'm starting to like this dude, man. And and, and the more yeah. I like him, the less I'm starting to like Embiid. I I just got to be honest with you, man. I wish the rest of the world would though. Um, nah, you know, it's, fi- it's it's fair. Look, look, the the I ain't gonna say it's fair, but I don't. Here's the thing, man. Mm-hmm. He's legit a he is a big man, no homo. Like pause. I said no homo, nigga. The uh, he is. Come on, man. We in this different climate now, man. It's the dude. Pause. He's literally <laughs> like what Joel Embiid is trying to be, game wise. Mm-hmm. Joker is that. 
Yeah, and more, and and more. No, really, I mean, like I think I don't I don't know what it is, and it, it could be coaching, it could be the process, whatever the hell it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, Joker is that like the the quintessential center. Uh, He's a point center. He's a point center. The center that. <laughs> when when Steph Curry came into the league and he started shooting threes and all of a sudden center started shooting threes, Joker is that center mm-hmm. that every all other centers were trying to become, including Joel and B. He shoots it from the three, he passes, he mm-hmm. handles the ball, and then he's still strong in the paint. Yeah. He's still yeah. strong. Like he's that he's that center that everybody has been trying to be since Steph Curry started shooting from the logo. It's, except it's, Embiid can't except Embiid is not great of a passer the way the Joker He's a good is. passer. I'm not going to shit on him. He's a good passer. Joel Embiid is a good passer. He's not the Joker. He's not the Joker. He's a good mm. passer, though. He's not the Joker. Joker different. Joker okay. different. I, I Look, I'm almost I'm almost like, you know what? Take that MVP trophy from Joel and give it the Joker. Nah, the you reason, know what? Nah, nah. He could keep it. I, the only reason, Joel, only reason Joel could keep it. <laughs> the only reason I'm not going to take, only reason I'm going to let MB keep it is because he should have got it the year before mm-hmm. the Joker got it. So it's kind of like it evens out. Yeah, yeah. That, that's but but man, I'm trying to tell you. Nah, Do you think? Uh, let me ask you. I'm gonna get your opinion on this. So the conversation midseason toward the end, it was Embiid. It was Joker. Who's the MVP? And then you had people like Kendra Perkins coming on TV talking about, you know, it's a race thing, which, you know, which is possible, which could it could have been. been. It could have very well been a race issue. But nonetheless, Kendra Perkins brought it up on national TV. Yeah. Do, do, so do you think that 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 Joker at that point was the MVP? And then what he said and what others have followed and said behind what Perkins said, kind of swayed the public. Maybe I'll say maybe. MB. I say maybe. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm only going to say maybe is because you know I wasn't watching no basketball around that time. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> so better, I'll bro. Say, yeah. So, I, so I'll say maybe. I'll just say maybe. I wasn't yeah. watching it. I was, you know, I was locked in with NFL. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I'll, I'll say maybe to answer yeah. that question. Yeah. A few people I'm happy for on this roster. Um, obviously the Joker, but um, Jamal, Jamal Murray, Murray. Jamal Murray, I'm happy for that guy. Um, you know, we had the injury right after the bubble, missed a couple years, came back this year, um, and and balled in his playoffs. Um, yeah. particularly in the series, I didn't know he averaged 32 in the series. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. he, he was he was going in. Well, I guess that's why they had to bench D'Angelo Russell, but. Um, but yeah, he, he, he balled out, man. Um, he, he, he deserves the love, man. And the other guys, um, Bruce Brown, uh, six man off the bench. Um, I, I thought he played his role real perfect, man. He had a few, um, big plays in the series with a, a few dunks, um, that kind of swayed, you know, the trajectory of the game and stuff. Um, shout out to him. Um, Jeff Green. Jeff Green and does Jeff Green have a ring? I want to say yes, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, because I'm thinking about his time with LeBron in Cleveland, exactly. but I don't know That's if I, was, say, I don't yeah. know if he was on that 16 team. I don't but he know was, for sure, but he was definitely on those teams after that. That I do remember that. I just okay. don't remember yeah, if he got know. the ring or not. In the case that he doesn't have a ring, um. I would love to see Jeff Green, who's been in this league a long ass time, 
um, had a heart procedure at yeah. one point and thought yeah. maybe he wasn't going to play again. Right. But, you know, look at God. And here he is on the precipice of, you know, getting the title. So, yeah. I'm, 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 yep, yep. Shout out, shout out to uh, the kid, man. Um, I'm, I'm rooting for him to get his ring. It, it, his first ring, if it is his first. I'm, I'm rooting for him to do that. So, um, obviously, Michael Porter Jr., um, Aaron Gordon. Um, th- so, did you see this clip earlier? So, apparently, when um, Aaron Gordon was with the Magic and they played the Raptors in the bubble, um, him and Kyle Lowry had a you know a little back and forth, whatever. And Kyle Lowry was like, "Yo, I'm in room so and so and so was good, whatever." Like basically saying, "Yo, if you try to fight, you know, meet me up in my room, whatever." Yeah. And so I guess the whole point of the clip was is that they're trying to find some kind of spiciness to the finals. Of course if they it, would. You know, nuggets and heat, nuggets and heat, which you know is it, it wasn't the desired matchup by the public according um, to the script. Right, right, exactly according to the script. Um, but I don't care. I'm just a fan. Um, whatever, whatever the outcome was going to be these two series I was watching regardless. I mean, this is Nuggets and Heat. This is going to be some great basketball, in my opinion. I agree. You know, so I don't care what any else anybody else got to say. Screw your Lakers, Celtics, nostalgia. Screw all that, you know. And, it, screw, and screw the Celtics as the staff, organization, <laughs> and as a motherfucking crew. And if you want to be down with the Celtics, then fuck you too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout out Gabby. Shout out Gabby. Ah, ah shots fired. Shots I'm just, fired. I'm just kidding. For serious. Oh man. Nah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, man. Yeah, I, I'm Denver. Denver, Miami is going to be good basketball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I don't go to the finals games, so I don't feel the nostalgia of Miami or the vibe of Miami. Oh, and, you know, I, I, I get so tired of that. <laughs> yeah, I do get tired of that. But but I ain't never been to Miami, so I don't know. Maybe it's really like that when you got bread. I don't know. I, I've been to – well, I've been to Fort Lauderdale, which is not far from Miami. But, yes, I understand it's a beautiful place. Weather's warm year-round. I get all that. I am so tired of Stephen A – mentioning who we get to go to Miami get to go to LA like bro you Stephen A Smith bro like you could go to Miami anytime you damn want to bro yeah but like, when you can but when you can work and do it that's different uh okay <laughs> okay now, and again and again you Stephen A Smith you ever seen this nigga outside like take a picture seen him outside pictures of him outside mm-hmm. you could tell this nigga be in his little bag like he be in yeah, he, he do. He out, he's spending money he doing with ri- he doing rich mm-hmm. nigga shit like you know what i'm saying so i mean look i look working be in miami versus just being in miami yeah, but it's it's different because it's different because to go to Miami whenever you want. And let's be clear, Stephen, they don't really take off. Let's be clear about that. Oh, I know, I know. He don't really take off, so it's not like yeah. oh, I could just go to Miami when I want. He's normally working fifteen mm. hours a day on ESPN. Let's be clear about that. that man, he could he could go to L.A. Well, L- well, ESPN is in L.A., so yeah, he's there a lot more than he is in Miami. But he's in but- New York. I thought he was in New York. Ain't he in the New York camp? The New York campus? For the most part, yes. Yeah, but right. when when like like they doing countdown and stuff, but they so send him to work. They in LA, right? They, right. Again, so send him to work. So right. When right. Work is all when work is over at nine o'clock, eleven o'clock, one o'clock maybe for him. Mm-hmm. 
he you you could tell he go out and go play. You, That's you cool. Play. I'm just saying, yo, you Stephen A. Smith, bruh. If you wanted to, bro, you could you could but do it, first take from Miami for a week if you, you wanted keep saying, to. You keep saying that. I don't think he can. In January. you could. I don't <laughs> think he can, Trey. You keep saying that, and I don't think he can. Mm, I don't okay. think he can. His okay. job, I think his job okay. says stay your ass in New York until we send you to L.A. to do whatever, and then we mm. send your ass back to New York, and well, then... It's, he's it's, going to Denver. He's going to Denver. And, hey, hey. and I, look, I don't want to hear no bad... I don't want to hear no... Trash talk about the city. Not that I've ever been to Denver before, but I, I don't want to hear no trash talk. Like, let, let's just get to the ball game. Let's just talk about the series and all this stuff. Like, I'm 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 tweeting last night and I'm looking for footage of you know the streets of Denver. I'm looking for, I'm looking for footage. I'm looking for fans and stuff celebrating and stuff. Man. I can't find nothing. I can't Man. find nothing, bro. Them niggas is high, bro. I can't find nothing, yo. Them niggas is high <laughs> out there, man. Yeah, but shout yeah. out to De- uh, shout out to Denver, shout out to Miami. I definitely got the. Uh, what you got? I got the. I think I got the Nuggets in seven. Um, give me I, Nuggets in six. Nuggets in six. Give me Nuggets in six. And yes, I know it's. I know, okay. folks, it's premature, but come on, the Heat. I, I hate or, to be that the guy. Heat guy. Winning, the, the Heat are winning the Eastern Conference. Let's let's just yeah, let's just stop the nonsense. Call it call it what it is. It's crazy because um, so I, you know I I don't watch this show anymore because of what Skip's been you know been messy and stuff. But I I just happened to see a clip which I didn't open, but I just happened to see a clip of Shannon and Skip previewing Nuggets Heat earlier today mm-hmm. without. Obviously, the Eastern Conference series not being wrapped up yet. So, yeah. if 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 them guys can do it, then everybody's doing it. It's not just it's so not just, we can. Yeah, so we can do it. We we know what it's going to be. It's going to be Denver versus Miami. That's that's what it is, man. Um, and 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 speaking of Denver, um, which was Carmelo's uh first stomping grounds in the NBA. I just want to circle do, back. Hey, and, do I need to let y'all? Do I need to let you let you and Melo be alone? Why you? Why you? Uh... Pause. Pause. Um, so just well, I want to take a few things away from his career. Um, obviously, as a freshman doing what he did at Syracuse, uh, winning a national championship, you know, that was that was big time, right? Um, the score that he is, I think he was averaging a good 24, 25 points a game for his career. Um, at one point, you know, kind of going back to the Nuggets days, um, I, I respect Melo so much because as a Knicks fan and as a guy that watched the team kind of suffer for a few years, in the, you know, in the 2000s, yeah. um, Melo wanted to come to New York. You know, he was one of the only he was the only star that was like, yo, you got to get me to New York. Um so I, I always respect him for choosing my team. Now, I've always criticized how the Knicks got him in terms of the trade, the um, the compensation, um, kind of breaking up that team and, and all that. And it, and it didn't work out in the end because um, we had that one playoff year where we got beat by Indiana in the second round. And then after that, it just all kind of fell apart. Phil Jackson came in, messed it up, and kind of, um, kind of put a divide between Melo and himself and the team, and 
that was sort of the last we saw of Mello, you know, in New York. And and so um, so I'll always appreciate him for um, choosing my team and bringing it back to relevance for those, you know, three years, I think it was, um, you know, right after Amari got there and Amari, you know, was kind of tearing it up those first few games before the trade happened. And so um, so props to the homie, man. Um, best, you know, best of luck in you know whatever you do i mean his son is you know balling right now mm-hmm. um i would expect to you know see a lot more of him um in these highlights and you know wherever he plays his college ball at and hopefully that means you know he's going to be drafted in the nba one day and so you know you have that um props to props to the homie mellow man to uh, baltimore's finest Congrats to Carmelo. Baltimore's finest. Congrats to him for sure. Uh, last thing I got, man. Um, shout out to Devin Haney who beat uh, Lomachenko Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this: uh, Devin Haney one in twelve. Um, a lot of people are saying that Devin Haney should not have won. I watched the fight, mm-hmm. um, and I, I look. Um, I'll say this: uh, Devin Haney, Devin Haney was the champ. And mm-hmm. if if you don't beat if it's not decisive like yeah decisive and I, and again and a lot of people would say it was decisive but I could see I, could, I, I in short Devin Haney got the I'm the champ got I'm the champ score on the cards what right. it seems to me because it was a little too um, even if you had Devin Haney winning mm-hmm. it was it, it was a little bit too much of a gap in between scores as far as uh, one was I don't remember the exact scores but. Um, it was too much of a gap. Like every, I feel like every, I saw one sixteen to one twelve. I yeah, saw that. Like it yeah, been, it should, every scorecard should have been close. Even if you had Haney winning, everything yeah. should have been close. And for the fact it wasn't, lets me know that uh, Devin Haney might have got a little bit of uh, champ, uh, mm. ch- a champ slide. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that type of thing. Um, but I'll say this: he ain't ready for Tane Davis. Get that out your head. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear, his So he called for that? He called for that? I mean people want it. People okay. want it. Okay, I mean, okay. Yeah, people want okay. it. Okay. Now I just want to see clarity. I think on he that. even I think he even put out a statement statement saying that it that it's going to eventually happen and maybe sooner than later. I saw that. Okay. I saw a quote I saw a quote saying something like that. Um, but not only is he, in my opinion, not ready for Tank Davis, but he might not be ready for Shakur Stevenson. Shakur mm-hmm. Stevenson saw him in the ring, you know what I'm saying? Let him know. Mm-hmm. Let him know, and and all Devin Haney had to say was I'm number one, and Shakur Stevenson said not for long, and and I ain't gonna hold you, Shakur Stevenson is a dog, and and based on what I seen from Devin Haney and Lomachenko, I yeah. I don't know if he won that dog, cause this is what I say about Lomachenko, mm-hmm. I think what Devin Haney saw from Lomachenko is he saw from Lomachenko a nigga that legit has been in war for the past year, year and a half, maybe two years, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like. You know, I'm talking about war. This nigga was in U- in Ukraine in war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't on the front line, but he was that Bama fought, fought David Haney. Like, mm-hmm. he just got, it was a war. Like, he was throwing, like, he, Jai, he, in some respects, threw boxing out the window and was like, I am fighting right now. Yeah. And, and I yeah. don't think Devin Haney, I don't think Devin Haney expected that. Um, and I think that's why uh, this guy as close as it did. And Lomachenko's a good boxer too, by the way. So let me not, mm-hmm. um, you know, throw that escape. He's a good boxer. But yeah, all that to say, yeah. All that to say 
is I think Devin Haney might be in trouble. I that Devin Haney might be in trouble. Um, he best better fight Shakur Stevenson ASAP, mm. in my opinion, ASAP. And he needs to he need to show out. I don't I don't mean just win. He need to show out against Shakur Stevenson if I'm to believe he that dude. Yeah, when we had Alex on, uh, shout out to RBR Boxing, we had him on last month, and he talked about how good uh, Lomachenko was. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter um, as far as the results of the fight were concerned. Like you said, it was Everybody's saying fight. Loma got robbed. That's yes, I, I, I saw that. I saw at best it should have been a, t- a draw based on what they saw, and I didn't see the fight. Um, nor did um, nor was I even looking for the fight. I was tied up with some stuff on a personal level, but um, I did see a lot of people say that he did get screwed out of that fight. But I would love to see um, Haney and um, and Tank go at it. Nah, I don't want to see that yet. You, you don't want to see that yet? No, you be Shakur Stevenson, then we could talk about Tank. Be Shakur hmm. Stevenson. No, oh, all right. Well, I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. You got to get through somebody before you get to him but just the i i mean just the thought and the idea of those two it it, it, it looks promising yeah I'll, I'll say that yeah i'll say that um shout out to everybody in the chats uh appreciate y'all coming through uh shout out to gabby for coming through with for sure the, with the celtics talk and yeah them, them seas is going down tonight sorry um, <laughs> this is going it's going down i'm sorry i'm sorry um props to um everybody that's uh watching us on youtube uh as well and uh all of our other platforms uh on our twitter handle at barbershop spor2 um also on the facebook page uh if you know somebody that knows somebody make sure you let them know you know put them on game click the like button um, Share. same thing with the youtube channel click the subscribe button please um also if you got questions or you just want to you know comment on some stuff about the show um the email is barbershop sports talk one at gmail.com and uh drop us a review on any of your social uh streaming um podcast platforms uh whether it's google apple iHeartRadio, spotify anchor let you know let us know what you think about the show Drop us a review. That'll all be good with us. And uh man, it's uh, another good week in the books, but I could I could already tell Maestro that it's that time of year where it's 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 gonna be them dog days of, of the summer, bruh. Hey man. <laughs> uh one thing about one thing about sports is that they'll always find a way to give us something to talk about. Of course, of course. And you know, these guests, uh, shout out to our guests too because um it's it's good it's great conversations um certainly we'll be having future uh guests on here to kind of help you know the sports talk a little bit throughout the summer and stuff and uh, so i ain't got no problem talking shit bro <laughs> oh i know i know i but I, I i truly appreciate the you know the guest spots that you know the folks come For on sure. I, I appreciate i mean i appreciate you know me and you when, when we do these things solo I mean, it's it's always a vibe too, but you know, to, to get the guests on and to kind of have interesting conversations and you know get their background and stuff, it's it's pretty cool. So, um, so again, man, appreciate appreciate you, man, once again. Uh, looking forward to doing this next week. 
Um, Y'all have a safe week out there. Peace, love, happiness. And remember, folks, mind your damn business. And drink some water.